just a good old boy Never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law since the day they was born Good old boys. I'm Mark. Bog Beef. And I'm that idiot Swede. This is the emer- emergency Shuby stream. Uh, I don't know if anybody knows what a Shuby is. No, I, no idea. I was doing some last minute research for this episode. We were, I know we were going to be talking about Canada. And um, so I was looking up the racial slurs for Canadians. Um, they were all kind of, they're mostly kind of lame. Uh, I saw, one of them, by the way, was Gord, R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> Just go the, the the name Gord is a Canadian slur. It's a slur for Canadians. Yeah, it says uh, you know you get uh, dry back, frost back, Gord. Is that like Cletus or it, or it, is it, like does it mean something? It what it, it what it means it, it, it's like a a, a Cletus or a, a, a Tyrone. It's just supposed to be like a a, a whatever like a, a common name. You know what I mean? I, I, I said this on Twitter, but uh, the funniest thing about the trucker protest was like you tune in and you would just hear everybody like there sounds like Gord. Like, they just they yeah. have the same exact voice. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them look exactly like him too. It's it's really weird. Which also sort of even in these trying times, um, I'm I'm given proof that you know Canada doesn't actually exist. It's like this sort of. Um, projection or like fantasy uh, like mirage or something because like there's no way that a country <laughs> could actually exist that's Canada like I re- still refuse to believe it. yeah yeah uh, before the show we were I was we were I was we were all reviewing these slurs together like it was uh you know the Zapruder film and um Tingsark said well you know what I think just Canadian should just be a slur in itself it made me think, well, you know, that exists. There's a very funny thing. And it's one of the, there's, it's kind of these wonderful things where it's, uh, when you start talking about like uh, how class and like um, that basically class can overcome race. It really, uh, and um, I always think of, so a quicker example, one of the funnier ones is um, uh, Muhammad Ali has a title, has a fight with a guy who's not very good. It's unlikely they're going to, but he's, but your job, I don't know if people know this, but the job of a boxer is to sell tickets, put asses in seats. It's not to fight, right? And so um, he's got to sell a lot of tickets. And this guy he's fighting is not, you know, it's not Joe Frazier. And so uh, they're going to go, they're going to go do the hype show uh, on the local television station beforehand. So they're going to sit down. They're going to, they're going to do like a, uh, what they always do. If you ever watch UFC, and by the way, there's people who still think that shit is real. That like, you know how before a UFC match, they do the weigh in and they, mm-hmm. they have the fight thing. They, they, they push each other and shit. Yeah. They stand like nose to nose and stare at each other. Yeah. Yeah. And people still like, I think they really hate each other. I, I know. I know you do because that's their job to make you think that, but it's very funny. Um, so they were gonna they were gonna do that they were gonna go on a talk show or whatever, and um, uh, like right they they're all they're all in their chair they're powder they're powdered up they're it, it, getting ready to turn on the cameras right before the show. Uh, uh, Muhammad Ali uh, looks over to the looks over to the guy who's gonna fight a white a white guy he says, "Call me the N word," when <laughs> the cameras go on. <laughs> uh, it was, you know when they fight. And you're thinking that like that's a very funny thing that's going on there, right? Like so, like both of them 
He's going to call him the N-word, and, but it's like a, this is like a, a trick. Like Both of them are playing on the audience, yeah. and they're, they're going to use to make a ton of money, uh, which is that's very funny. But there's another example. Uh, if anyone out there is listening and you know anyone that's worked in the, the service industry of the United States, this is very fucking funny. <clears throat> so uh, I'm, working, I'm working in a restaurant, and uh, I don't really know what's going on or whatever. And um, the uh, for whatever reason, I, I'm uh, this kind of lunch is kind of slowish, and so there's there's no um, there's no uh, hostess or anything. So uh, one of the waiters is doing the the, the hostessing, and it's a uh, uh, it's a black woman, uh, and I mean she's like um, uh, just very like you you wouldn't think like oh like I don't know she's not like a black like that. Uh, Candace Owens? No, that that snowboarder that just won or whatever. Did you see her? Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's uh, right, and so uh, um, she's seating. She's seating to. She's seating a, a party of like five, you know, five or six people. Uh, a part, a black party, and she said, and she's uh, she says on the radio, we got a table of five, of, of uh, we got a, a six top of six Canadians. And uh, afterwards, I asked her, I was like, how did she know they were Canadian? <laughs> and she says, that's, she says, that's not, that's not what it means. She says, we use, we say Canadian to mean black people because they don't tip <laughs> as much. Damn. <laughs> and this is a black woman telling me this. And she's like, oh yeah, we call all the black people Canadians, uh, which is <laughs> which is very, very fucking funny. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, look. <laughs> Canadian should be a slur because at this point the Canadians have gone and fucked everything up. Uh, they they really they really sort of dropped the ball here, pals. And you know they've also insulted me personally because I get get I be keep being called um, a doomer and a sort of predictor of doom and gloom. Oh look, Tinksorg is just saying shit's gonna pop off any second now. Like that's all he does. And, you know, we recorded this podcast, us three and Angela Nagel, um, like less than 48 hours ago, I think. And you you will not find me saying, oh, yeah, dude, like there's going to be martial law in Canada any time now, like in 48 hours. Because like that, 48 hours ago, um, the Canadians doing what they have done now, which is to invoke the Emergency Act over these the honking like that shit is just it's so crazy it's so like completely insane yeah it's awesome like um the the we're seeing so we're seeing this okay so there's this super intense reaction so like they're like we're gonna make it like you're gonna uh lose the ability to like um this is what they do to like. There's this thing that we've done in the world that was invented basically in the war on terror, uh, and also that uh, basically like if you really piss us off, like we will just freeze. We will just call the bank up and say like all the money that you own is, uh, is forfeit. You don't have money anymore, and you can't use banks anymore. Um, you need like you know uh, uh, if you're gonna. Uh, it's a very very extreme thing to do. In other words, like you're gonna like. Uh, you, you're going to be an outlaw, more or less, the rest yeah, of your they, life. They announced that 
using the it was I think it was something like the the financing terrorism act or whatever like they it was it explicitly had financing terror in in the name of the, of the law they said we're going to use that law for people who are trying to use uh, crowdfunding or or crypto to to fund like the trucker blockades like they they straight up said we're going to treat we're going to treat you like you're a terrorist money launderer it took a like uh when we I believe we did this to Iran and like it took like years and like all kinds of like uh, I don't, all kinds of things had to happen for us to use this on Iran. And like Iran had like a, you know I don't know if people know they downed a predator drone of ours and shit. And even then that didn't uh, uh, go that far, uh, but they did that. Yeah, we should sort of recap the the yeah. the uh, basic details of the case here because you've had this protest and you've had a problem with cops basically not enforcing. Um, bylaws, ordinances, stuff like that. Um, and, and that problem is probably going to keep, keep being a problem. And I think the police chief of Ottawa was forced to resign in the last, I think, 24 hours because he... You know, the, the, the police isn't interested in doing their jobs, according to the libs, so like his head has to roll. But All these trucks are idling, and to keep idling... People have to keep bringing them diesel fuel. Yeah. And they outlawed people bringing them diesel fuel, and it was clear the cops stopped doing that. I watched the video of someone just pointing, it was a video, but it was someone just pointing a camera at a police radio. And over the police radio, you could hear the, the uh, a police sergeant, uh, Ottawa uh, uh, police sergeant, he came on the radio. He sounded very cool. And like this sound, like you could, this is like, this is the sound of corruption or whatever. This is the sound of like, I've heard, uh, you know, I, I've had, I've bribed a cop before. And it's that same cool voice where the cop was like, yeah, he said, so I don't know if you, we have a order to seize uh, fuel uh, here downtown. He said, uh, we're going to go ahead and ignore Jerry Cans. Uh, I know that's been a question. We're going to be looking for larger stores than that, but uh, yeah, let's like, go ahead or and ignore the Jerry can. Yeah, yeah, and this is this is so funny because again, what what the libs don't seem to understand, or like they're sort of too hysterical to really grapple with, it, that is that like you know human organizations or or wielding power powers filter down through bureaucracies with actual people in them. So it's not like, you know, a, a computer or anything. It, it's like the 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 uh, way that orders are actually transmitted to, to, to reality is through all of these, like, fallible human elements. And the moment where, um, like, an institution starts to basically break down for the people on top is when uh, cops get an order, like confiscate the fuel, and they go, oh, right away, sir, we're going to confiscate the fuel. You know what we're going to do? We're, I've played Company of Heroes 1. I know that fuel comes from these huge, like, fuel stores around the flag. So if the truckers ever set up, like, a fuel depot, we'll be right on that. But, I mean, these jerrycans, they could contain water or something, so we're not really sure about them. It's, it's, just, it's just crazy. Um, like they are obviously interpreting these orders in a way that um, just lets them ignore them. But 
but from like indications are that the problem is not just at the sort of street level at like the ordinary police officer level where they sort of radio into the police station saying you know we can't do this this is wrong like you sergeants you have to talk with the lieutenants and and get them to understand that we're not going to stand in the way of this revolution no like people at the command level in the Ottawa police are supposed to be just going you know this this crap is stupid these mandates are stupid like we don't care <laughs> like you're on your own yeah that that is huge because like uh cops not doing what they're told is like uh i mean basically common but generally it's um like a like it's too it's too like uh difficult like if you said like okay go go stop that riot and like you and like four cops were told to do that and it was really dangerous this middle of night and you there was like surrounding stuff you'd just like yeah we're just gonna sit in the car Uh, there's like really dangerous there's also like if it looks bad if the people sort of have like uh uh you know like you know go arrest those kids selling lemonade stuff but generally if the people are, are sort of have good pr they look which by the way both these situations is true. You, these people probably have guns. It might be scary to do that. Also, the people are look very. They don't look. They they look very. I don't know what you would say. Um, um. Uh, it would look bad to to throw these people down and handcuff them, and et cetera. But but that's not even this. This is this is just a command lever saying, yeah, we're 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 just not going to do that. Well, this is why they like, you know when. I guess just to to recap this, if you're if you don't if you're not familiar with exactly exactly what happened in the last 24 hours, it got everybody all worked up. It's that uh, Trudeau declared in Canada, you can declare a national emergency, and I guess it's it's it can range from anything to just letting the federal police do whatever they want to like martial law, and I, like they didn't use the military here, but it it, it allowed them to to bypass the local police and just use the use the banks to threaten people with confiscation of their property. And, yeah. and that and, and that that was their that's their that was their strategy because they couldn't get the police to uh, local police to actually do what they want to do or uh, civilian workers like the like the tow companies re- refusing to tow away the trucker uh, the truckers under this law they can comp- forcibly compel the tow truck operators to tow the stuff away even if they don't want to like this is a law um like the emergency act which is the successor to the uh, wartime it's called like the wartime powers or something very similar <laughs> um um but but essentially like the act um, this is this is the most extreme uh, sort of uh, law on the books in Canada. It, it it's designed uh, in its original sort of form for war. Like the country is being invaded. Um, if you have people sabotaging telephone lines or whatever, you should just sort of you know uh, take them out back and shoot them or imprison them summarily without caring about human rights because like things are that bad and uh it's been used it's never been used um the the current law has never been used but the old like uh the the wartime law has been used three times once for world war one once for world war two and then once during the um october crisis where you had these uh quebec separatists you know blowing up hundreds of bombs 
sort of uh, stockpiling dynamite in the tons, kidnapping and murdering politicians, shit like that. Um, and and that activation of the um, the sort of emergency state of exception law uh, was so unpopular that uh, they basically abolished the law and then brought it back in a sort of scaled-down form, less sweeping powers, which is the current law, which has never been activated before in, in 40 years of existence, uh, more than 40 years. And you know what's one of the funny things about this? Like, this is a law designed to abrogate civil rights, to sort of uh, make it so you can have uh, what is normally unconstitutional, un- illegal, like tactics to compel service, like you can force people to go to work, um, and and they cannot legally refuse. Otherwise, you can fine them and or imprison them. You know what the fines for violating this most extreme of all Canadian laws are? No, what are they? Uh, for some crimes, it's five hundred bucks. Brothers, it's 5,000 bucks. This is the, like, there's no more extreme law than this. The maximum fine for a lot of the offenses is 500 bucks. That's nothing. You know why? Because inflation is a thing. This is a law that has been forgotten for so long that, like, the, at the time it was passed, 500 bucks was a lot of money. 5,000 bucks was, like, a really uh, huge sum for a fine. Um, when they're using it today with, you know, crowdfunding or whatever, it's like, it's, it's like the average parking ticket in a lot of, um, uh, Canadian cities is like 87 Canadian bucks. So congrats, you just violated martial law, uh, pay five parking tickets. Yeah. When, when he first did this, it, it seemed almost inexplicable. I didn't understand why it, it the, the upside to it. Seemed non-existent. However, I think I think I figured out uh, the the point of this, and, and the point wasn't really the law itself. It was to allow them to threaten to to take people's uh, trucks and their money. Yeah. And, uh, and and I mean, unfortunately, the reality is that worked. Uh, the all the the three blockades outside of Ottawa are, are done. The one the 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 one in Alberta. Uh, picked up and left earlier today the one in manitoba's um has agreed they're going to leave tomorrow and then the other the other one at the end i think the ambassador bridge was uh, was removed by the police like the, they arrested a bunch of people took away some trucks uh the the blockade part of the trucker protest is over and i don't know i i asked gordon what he thought about you know if the truckers who are still in ottawa you know that the first honkers would stick around even with this like threat over their heads, and he, he's not sure. And so I'm I'm guessing that they figured that you know the throwing the threat of we're going to take your livelihood would be enough to get the to end the blockades. And this is like this is kind of we, we talked about this before that you know they didn't really know how to react to a like a genuine. Uh, pro or i guess you, you want to use the stupid american term middle class like uh protest they didn't know how to deal with it. they weren't they weren't blue collar blue collar yeah they didn't know how to deal with the blue collar protest because 
blue collar people are not like the typical uh, lumpens and NGO babies that do protests normally. Like, think, by the way, think about it, we never have to have that debate again with all these like uh, insane like uh, uh, you know uh, people uh, uh, memeing the 20th century anymore. Just say blue collar, we're done. Yeah. Well. The the the, prob- the the downside of the Buclar protest is there are people who do have stuff to lose. They're not going to lose their livelihood over a protest. They're gonna they're gonna go home at this point. It's not gonna happen. Whereas if you can recruit um, crazy homeless people like they did in Portland, you have like an and of course you have the judiciary on your side. They'll give you a slap on the wrist or not even that and let you go on your way you can pretty much endlessly do this they can't they, they can't really do that uh it, it becomes an all-or-nothing proposition and i think that we're going to see that at least as far as the border blockades go uh the strategy worked however you had to declare martial law to get them to go home. I mean, that's a lot of downside let, let, let's hang out and talk about martial law here for a second yeah, this is the big deal i, I just wanna, i just want to say that like I agree with you that the weakness here is that people sort of have to work for a living and they can't really, uh, um, like, they can't put that off for forever. But the, I don't see how, like, the martial law really um, had much to do with it. Because, again, like, it's not like the martial law sort of introduced um, anything new to, into the equation in any real way like I, I am pretty convinced that like a lot of these protests would have ended sooner rather than later for a couple of reasons here which is that one you can never sustain protests like this for too long if you have people who aren't you know career homeless people as you just pointed yeah. out so there was always a time limit on this number two is um, all of the mandates are being abolished <laughs> yeah yeah but like a lot of them in a lot of the provinces are they, yeah, they... Like, like these people weren't camping out for a communist revolution or anything um like they were wanted the mandates gone and the mandates are being <laughs> um abolished quietly uh even doug ford of ontario i think just went out and said yeah uh, you know we're gonna go back to normal in two weeks also this has nothing to do with truckers it's it's just something we're doing for no reason at all so um, people are done with this. Well, in a way, yeah. But but like what the libs did here is fairly interesting. Like you, you really need to understand it in a sort of context, not of Canada itself, but just of libs in the West in general. Because what did they do? Like what problems did they have? Well, okay, they had blue collar workers doing a lot of, you know, grumbling and making a mess of their pots and pans in the urban bug cores and so on. And they, the libs did not like that. And so they told the cops, you have to solve this. Uh, and the cops said, like the police chief said, okay, we'll try. And then, you know, everyone from the police chief on down said, yeah, you know what? This isn't our problem. And so, you know, you try to get the cops to even hand out parking tickets. Uh, and they just sort of don't do it. Uh, the, By the way, this is something that you've been predicting for a long time. Yeah, that would uh, but, but I could never have imagined it would be like I would be proven wrong in this sort of like over the top fashion here that has happened in Canada. Like, no, I, I would say if you had asked me two years ago or even four months ago, 
Like, when is something like this going to happen? I would tell you, yeah, you know, maybe 2027 or something, you're going to see something like this. So, you know, far from being a doomer about these things, I, I, I prefer to think of myself as a naive optimist. But <laughs> And by the way, so I doubt any of these people uh, who are discounting you would have predicted that, because, like, I think what everyone thought would have happened is uh, – they said, "Go arrest these people." Cops pulled these guys over. They threw them. They they threw them in cop cars. They took them and booked them, and they drove the trucks away. Yeah, which you know, like, did not happen. And and so, like, first of all, the Ottawa Police Service just says, "Yeah, you know, this isn't our fight." And so they call in the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, the Mounties. But you know what the problem with the Mounties are? You don't have to have a college degree to join, unlike the FBI. So the Mountains don't seem to be that politically reliable. I'm not seeing a lot of people going, oh, thank God for the Mountains for, you know, solving this shut uprising posts around. Like Before the military was even called, they preempted and said, we're not interested in this. Yeah, like, um, and, you know, the Canadian military is currently investigating several, several of its members for actively supporting the convoy. Yeah, top uh, level, like secret, uh, uh, basically like uh, your mega super soldiers. Yeah, like the Joint Task Force Two has two people who are just like partaking in these protests. If you have two, <laughs> like the Joint Task Force Two, does not comprise you know twenty thousand soldiers. It's quite small because it's an elite special forces unit. The yeah, these are like real ass kickers. Yeah, I, I don't know how big a team is, but the fact, like, two people is a, like, non-irrelevant proportion of the total force. And for every person that will actively engage in something like this, you have to count on, like, five people sympathizing or or more. Uh, so and, like, and they're like a brotherhood, too. So yeah. his boys in the unit, yeah. So So this just tells you that, like, you know, um, you would not want to call in the army, even if you had the power to do so, because the army would probably just, you know, walk ladies over the streets and, you know, take selfies with fuck Justin Trudeau signs and stuff like that, which is never a good a good look for, for a regime. But not, so, not 100%, one, not 100% of these people are motivated by how they feel about these truckers, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, this can be opportunistic. This can be, I don't, I, I, maybe I don't even really like this guy being uh, the prime minister, etc. Yeah, I, I tend to discount sort of people who, who try to read too much into, oh, well, you know, the cops are not doing anything. That means they really love these protesters. I think like most cops... I mean, on some abstract level, yeah, maybe they don't like the mandates and maybe um, they sympathize. But, you know, business and maybe is business. The check it, maybe their check isn't what they like. Yeah. It's all kinds of like, eh, well, I don't know. Yeah, th th this all makes things... Uh, it was confusing that this went on for so long and we kept asking ourselves both rhetorically and like asking each other, what what is Trudeau doing? Like, like It seemed like he was just not... He, he was not doing anything, right? He just sat, it just sat there for a week, uh, basically with nothing happening, and it was confusing. But like, I think it's becoming clear now, the people on the ground just were not following orders, which is why they went. To, they had to go this length. <laughs> did, you, did you like? Did you guys see the? Uh, what's your name? Sorry, uh, Christia Freeland. So she, uh, she, when they made this announcement of. <laughs> 
Canuck martial law. Uh, she she cut a promo on the trucker. It's like if 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 you if your vehicle's there, we're gonna freeze your corporate accounts. We're gonna cancel your insurance. We're gonna take your trucks. We're you know we're we're just gonna use the financial industry to destroy your life. So you need to go home now. And like and I mean I I guess as far as getting those people to leave, to stop the blockade, that worked. But here's the problem: you uh, you just went from like. Uh, I mean, let's put, let me put it the nice way. You you're probably going to red pill a lot of normies by doing that. Yeah. Uh, normal people don't didn't don't suspect that the government is going to use uh, to take your bank account because they don't like you. There, there, there were people who said they should shoot the truckers that said that order went too far. Yeah. Yes, because because people understand the concept of cops, you know, with truncheons beating the crap out of protesters. The normal normal people do not think about the concept of well, if the government doesn't like my political activities, they could st- they could take my money. Like it's, it's just not something that's on yeah. their radar at all. Yeah, like, what? You don't talk, need. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I, uh, you go ahead. I, I've got. Yeah. I, I'll be taking a detour with Rome. Yeah. Uh, just a couple of things. Like, you don't need uh, martial law for tear gas or, you know, billy clubs or water cannons or, you know, microwave devices or whatever anti-riot control uh, uh, new gimmick you're using. You can just put that shit on full blast uh, on a normal Tuesday, if the cops are interested in doing so, that is. And if they're not, well, I mean, someone, like, it's not like college professors are going to man... Uh, uh, the riot lines, like that's not gonna happen. They they, they don't know <laughs> how to fight, so um, you you're kind of up shit creek. But but the thing here is, there are two aspects to like what they've said openly that they really want to do with this martial law, like the state of exception, and 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 both of those things, if you understand them in context, really show you like how meaningful this is for the future of of western like liberal democracy like technocracy ruled by the experts and and the first part that they said they wanted to do is just completely fucked there it's just it's just a fantasy because they want to use these laws they have on the books and the this emergency power to basically force requisition tow, tow trucks and force the drivers to operate them to remove the trucks. Um, but again, like the problem here is that like the fines for refusing orders are quite small because the law has been forgotten for you know thirty five years. That's the first problem. The other problem is just that you know the the only thing that's going to happen is that these tow truck uh, workers are gonna say, "Oh, you know, I'm sorry, but I have COVID. I can't go to work to do my forced slave labor for the state. So sorry." And then if you say, "Oh no, you don't have COVID. Like you're going to work," and the guy sort of says, "No, I'm not going to work. Fuck off." Like you can't really do anything because who's gonna visit that guy and throw him in jail? You think the cops who are uninterested in confiscating jerry cans from people who would not resist the confiscation. The cops are just standing there going, yeah, this is stupid, we're not going to do that. You think they're going to kick down the door 
of some truck driver and his family in the middle of the night saying, you didn't sign up for Justin Trudeau's Corvée labor. It's time for you to go to the concentration camp. There's no fucking way. Like, be real. Um, so all of this talk about we need martial law to sort of compel labor in a situation where all of the people who would hold the batons and, you know, beat people for not obeying are just saying we're not going to go along with even a mild version of this. Like, that's, that's a fantasy. And that brings us to the second point, which is, like, what do they have left? Which is the only institution with any sort of real power, because the media has no power. Like, nobody cares about the media. Like, it's... It's, you know, say what you will about CNN. I'm sure they're trying very hard or whatever. But, like, these people are not power players in in modern society. They can go on about how the election wasn't stolen. And, you know, it doesn't move the needle one jot. Like, people still believe it. But the banks, they are politically reliable. The people that work inside the banks are not, you know, J.P. Morgan and his top hat wearing pals. It's like... PMCs, and, you know, they control something that is fairly, like, powerful. So this is the only friend the Libs have that, you know, they can call on in a crisis. The banks are the ghostbusters for, you know, the PMCs. Yeah, our our friends <laughs> online like that. Uh, you met, kind of made fun of it earlier before we started recording. You know the the, the reify word, right? Boy, doesn't this just uh, <laughs> reify the, the the actual coalition, right? Like we like you, we, we, you can see it physically in the world now. Like the like like who the real coalition is like it, it's them it's the banks it's corporations like Citigroup is on your side, bro. I don't want to hear any more bullshit about you know, class. Class warfare, or these people are or petite bourgeoisie, or, or fascist, or whatever. Nah, like the the fucking bank is on your side. They're doing the dirty work. Well, by the way, so uh, just a small point about this core V labor thing, because I think that sounds kind of abstract without putting into uh, uh, examples. So the 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 order was uh, so this is generally like orders. These kinds of orders were like, don't do something. You know, uh, don't. Uh, take a gun somewhere. This is, but this is, um, you drive this, you own a, a, a pickup truck. You go do this. Uh, you go tow these, 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 these semi trucks. Well, like, okay. Imagine, uh, imagine like ordering like your average, like rabbit SJW to go volunteer for the, like the Trump campaign or imagine like a, um, uh, you know, like, a uh, 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 a crazy redneck Klansman and you're like ordering him to uh, do something on behalf of, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> like that, that's what's, you know what I mean? So that, that's why uh, the, the, I don't know if those orders are going to be um, uh, uh, done right away, but okay, let's take a trip and let's talk about like why this martial law thing is so it didn't, it didn't come to that. I mean, like the, the blockades, they're, they're going to, they're going to be over. So it did that. They never had to actually get to that point. But yeah, that would have been a great, if, if, if the blockades didn't voluntarily break up, it would have been really interesting to see if the tow, if the tow truck guys would have even moved those vehicles out. I'm not sure they would have. Yeah. The, uh, I, I tried to flip on the news and there was a, um, uh, it was, there was a special, 
White House, um, whatever you call it, uh, uh, White House uh, publicity thing with um, that redheaded woman. They were doing a special White House uh, uh, announcement that to restate that they weren't buying crack pipes. So, so we'll stop this. <laughs> well, you know, by, by the way, uh, not long, like a day or two before they made the, the Canada made that announcement, like Joe Biden publicly said that Trudeau needs to use federal federal Canadian law to stop the blockades because like the border blockade was costing American companies a shitload of money, millions mm-hmm. of dollars a day. Well, so, yeah. Well, so let's talk about martial law for a second. So like, why is this like, so there are like people who like really support the left, the libs, everything whatsoever. And they're like, Ooh, I don't, that was a mistake. Why is that mistake? Well, this is important to talk about. So martial law is a huge deal. So every country in the world, Every government whatsoever has something like this. Emergency powers, martial law. Basically, it means that all, like, basically means the government can do whatever they want. Now, when this this was, uh, I always think of, of course, I always think of everything with Caesar. Caesar went apeshit when this was, uh, uh, when this was done on him. Uh, I, some of these, I'm going to read some of this. But it's, kind of, it's kind of good. <clears throat> but this is what we're talking about when you do this. And, like, like, I know it doesn't seem like this, but really, like, so, when you know when you when you think of like what a bill becomes law, when you think about people sort of obeying traffic signs, uh, people you know not stealing things and stuff, like all this is held up by like uh, some kind of like respect for rule of law, and you just take like ten to like fifteen percent of that, and you just like delete it from existence whenever you declare martial law, because when you declare martial law, it's like. Okay, when this is over, they're going to go back and say, well, everything's normal now. But in the back of everybody's mind, they're going to be thinking, like, okay, like, in any moment, like, this bitch from the World Economic Forum can, like, delete everything I own. No matter what, like, I vote for and all this kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like, this, like, it's not a good, like, this doesn't happen, like, in healthy, healthy governments. Yeah. And, and here's the thing what you need to understand about sort of what these measures are in practice. Um you know the word like summary execution, you know, treating someone summarily. What this means in sort of political parlance is just that you basically do away with all the formal process, all the checks and balances. So like if you're treating someone summarily, you can just say, oh, well, you know, this guy looks like a kulak. I don't like his mustache. Take him out back and shoot him. And yeah. and, and you see it's like, people politicians grabbing for really summary means of like enforcing their will in in certain like historical situations like this happens a lot during revolutions uh civil war stuff like that so you you have all of these famous um uh, letters penned by lenin where he just says okay I'm hearing you have it, you're having tr- trouble in this town. I want you to go and find at least 100 prostitutes and, you know, kill them and then display their bodies publicly. Uh, it doesn't, I don't know, like, their names or anything, and that doesn't matter. Just find 100 people that you think are bad, murder them, and then display their bodies publicly so people understand that, you know, the terror is on, and uh, if you don't 
uh, stay in line, you could be next. And this this is not something that like Lenin read about in Karl Marx or whatever, like an integral part of Marxist ideology. You know, terror is it's very basic. Like there was political terror before there was a Marx or even like word for political terror. It's just one of the basic verbs of politics. It was the building block of like of government in the beginning of recorded history. Like that yeah. was pretty. Yeah. And I mean, maybe it still is. Like in some way. Yeah, like in any in in any sort of civil war, you will find terror being like used as a tool by both sides. And the side that says, you know, I'm not a communist, so I'm not going to use terror, is going to lose to the side that uh, uses terror. Like, it's it's a tool that's fairly efficient in, like, very narrow circumstances. But what you have to understand about, like, summary dealings with people, and I say this not just, like, my point here is not to, to moralize, but just to point out that if you want to be a tyrant, like, you you, you can't be a tyrant without doing the work of tyranny. And doing the work of tyranny entails understanding how you can sort of force people to bend to your will and so on. The thing about, you know, Lenin saying, uh, kill 100 enemies, kulaks or whatever, just shoot them, and then his commissars going out and just finding 100 people, and, and often just, like, making really basic mistakes. Like, you know, you have... This, your name is Ivan, and we heard that there were, you know, counter-revolutionaries named Ivan in this city of 200,000 people. So we're going to shoot you. And the guy says, you know, I'm... I've been in, in a coma for the last five years. I don't know what's going on. Oh, you know, good enough. You, you probably did something counter-revolutionary in your sleep. So come on, we're going to shoot you. Um, you know, people that get sh- executed, murdered, in this sort of summary processes, the good thing about death is that, you know, once someone is dead and you really messed up in killing them, like, they're not going to file a protest. Like, they're not going to come around to you in in five years' time saying, oh, gee, shucks, you know, when you killed me, I found that to be really rude, and I'm still kind of torn up about it. Uh, and, And that's kind of why terror works in really limited circumstances, because it's like, okay, well, you totally messed up and you did a really evil thing, but the person that would be the most mad about it, he's dead, so he can't complain. I can't really recommend trying to say, what if we just do the same thing Lenin did, but instead of killing people, we just really, 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 really make them mad. But they're still going to be alive around in five years, and they're still going to hate our guts. This is, this is the stupidest fucking thing you can do. Um, right. And, and you were talking about crack pipes earlier. Um, and so... I should point out that one of the funniest, but also most sort of meaningful, inspirational boomer quotes I ever found was some sort of, um, like, this was supposed to have been posted at some, you know, workplace fridge or whatever by a boss who wanted his, his, his employees to work a bit harder. And the note was, have you ever seen a crackhead saying, Oh, shucks, I don't have money, so I guess I'm not going to smoke crack today. 
No, like, you know, <laughs> if you're a crackhead and you have no money, you're going to, you know, hustle like a madman, do whatever it takes to score some crack because you're an addict. Like, you know, crack people, uh, uh, crack addicts, they have this insane quote-unquote work ethic when it comes to smoking crack. Like, they will, like, come hell or high water, they will find a way. And so why can't you, a worker at this gas station or whatever, be a bit more like a crack addict when you work at the gas station? Like, you know, just do it. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Crack is not the only thing that people are addicted to. Uh, most people, far more than people are addicted to crack, are addicted to living. And so just as you will never find a crack addict to sect who says, oh, shucks, man, like, I don't have any money in the bank. Guess I'll just stop smoking crack. You will not find many people saying, oh, shucks, uh, Justin Trudeau just illegally declared martial law, and now I can't actually buy groceries. Guess I'll just starve to death. Like, people don't react that way. That's silly. Uh, in fact, people will go to almost as great lengths as crack addicts to secure food. And, you know, if you find, say, a mother who has to find food, not for herself, but for her kids, like, they will make, in their hustling to secure food for their kids, they will make, like, the most sort of um, industrial crack addict look like Jabba the Hutt in comparison when they're out there on the grind trying to secure some food for their kids. So, like, the entire point of this tyranny here is to say, okay, well, um, we are going to... Um, we're just going to fuck you up financially to the point where you can feel it and it's going to be really hard for you to, um, uh, you know, pay your heating bills. But we're not actually going to kill you and, you know, we're not going to... Not gonna, even going to put you in jail. Yeah. No, no. And we're not going to prevent you from, you know, having these Americans send you money or, you know, your neighbors helping you or your friends giving you money or whatever. Like, are you going to... Like, like, let's say you, you find a trucker who you summarily punish and you punish his family and his kids. And, you know, his trucking friends say, oh, well, you know, the bank fucked you over illegally. So we're going to start a collection and we're going to help you and we're going to fight this. Like, are you going to like, are you going to hit the, all of those truckers, the collaborators, too, with this like financial terror? I hope he's not good on a microphone because he's going to be a, a Nelson Mandela. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, so again, something like this can only be temporary. Like, you use it as a form of punishment uh, for a short term. If you do it, like, long term, you just say, we can arbitrarily confiscate property, like, whenever we want, and you, you will never get it back. Um, it doesn't matter if it's Canada or russia or wherever else like that in itself is enough for a revolution even under peaceful circumstances like you you can't really um you can't go that far it's it's impossible well so let's, here let's here's the, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. well here's the white pill about these people like uh so what trudeau got elected with what like 30 percent of the vote because it's canada Close and they got 20 percent 
Yeah, yeah. So it's so like between like 25, 20 to twenty five percent. I think whatever, so, somewhere in that range. All right. Uh, even more than someone like Biden, he knows that there is a his essential coalition is is even smaller than like Joe Biden's. So, uh, for 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 purposes of Justin Trudeau's political career, uh, a move like this that uh, te- like temporarily helps him out at the long term cost of regime stability. It is a, is a trade that he'll make because I mean it must be because obviously because he did it like we, we we can see the evidence right in front of us. Uh, most of them are like this. There I guess there, there are maybe some evil big brain WEF people, but like that's not Trudeau or, or most political leaders. They're just people who are like they their job is to stay in power, and uh, they they were willing to trade. We talk about trading legitimacy a lot. And I mean that—that's an abstract term, but like, I, I want to reiterate, you—you possibly by doing this have made normal everyday people who work, uh, the most productive members of society, wonder to themselves, uh, is my money safe in a financial institution? And I don't mean like safe from a, a, an economic crash, but like just safe from the government of canada like it, it what, like what what is a bank what is it actually doing for me what like uh, what what else in my property can be just taken from me arbitrarily you you never 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 want to do like that's poisonous for the long-term well, survival of any kind of uh, yeah, government let's, let's also, compare this let's compare this yeah. to, to other times right so uh it's easier to see if you compare so <clears throat> Uh, what what is this this martial law? Well, it's the easy button, as Caesar said, the final decree of the Senate. And uh, so, <laughs> well, now you got to think about think of going back to when was the last time you remember? Like even these, you know, his Glenn, Glenn Greenwald, the Matt Taibbi, the people who are the, the the human rights guys and stuff. Do you remember like uh, going back to the war on terror and stuff? There was sort of. Um, they would have like they would catch these big big terrorist guys, and they wouldn't just like hang them. Like they would have there was endless amounts of legal wrangling to try to show that this was all being done under the current rules. Yeah, I mean, just like untold amount of calories were spent on this to say that like, well, we didn't really do this, and we didn't really do that, and um, in, you, you know, you can go back to all kinds of times in our history where things were done really dicey. They were never they they were never done with the with the easy button. Now, let's say you hit the easy button. So the easy button is martial law. It, it's saying, "Well, fuck the rules. Like, who cares? We're we're, uh, uh, we're just gonna do whatever." Now, let, let's. There's different. Now, you you talked about an easy button where, like, you'll say you hit the easy button and they just machine gun all of them. Well, that's pretty bad. But however, like this is worse. This is worse yeah. because look, because look, what happens if you push the easy button and nothing happens? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now you're starting to think about like, like okay, that guy like uh, Trudeau, or whatever he like. If you go to Wikipedia and you look up Canada, it'll say like that guy is in charge of this country, right? So he's running this country. He's the manager of this country. But like, well, what if like people don't listen to things that he says? Like, uh, now you're starting to, to go more and more fundamentals. This is what happened with Caesar, right? Because these guys said, well, you know, we're going to lay down this ultimate law. Well, people just don't do what they say. It's like, well, yeah. maybe maybe they're not even really in charge. I think it's even 
I don't think I don't think that that Trudeau could have done anything different. I think this is way more fundamental than even the whoever's running these shitholes at the moment. I mean, look, the the only thing he had to do was to do what is already being done, which, by the way, makes this like this martial law look like something from like the Twilight Zone or something because it's so insane. Like he, the fact though, the mandates are now being. Like, the libs have been saying that, well, you know, you truckers, you're insane. Because, like, your your demand doesn't even make sense. Trudeau doesn't really command, like, he can't directly order the premiers of the regions or uh, of Canada, the provinces, to um, end their mandates. So you're making demands to the wrong guy. Well, I mean, the premiers are already... Um, abolishing like basically all of the really onerous mandates so all he had to say was like you wasted your time because it wasn't my like problem here but look all of these mandates are already being abolished i'm sure like the last remaining few will be gone so you won congrats you just wasted my time because i'm not the bad guy here but like well goodbye like this is no longer relevant like Trudeau is imposing martial law to protect uh, mandates that are being abolished from being abolished by truckers. And, you know, martial law is not a small thing. And, in fact, it, it kind of sort of, like, this not only sets a precedent that these people are just fucking insane, which they are, but also, it like, they've already tipped their hand, in a way, because... Again, every time that libs are going to run into real problems, like a real constitutional or political crisis, they're going to find the cops, firemen, truck drivers, garbage men, special forces operators, artillerymen, tank drivers, pilots, so on. Those people are either going to be just saying, yeah, I'm going to help you, I'm just really busy eating this donut like this is this donut is taking all my attention right now but when i'm done which is going to be in a couple of weeks i will definitely arrest all of these fascists for you um they're either going to do that say that or they're going to join the protests against the libs so again the ultimate trump card in Yu-Gi-Oh here for the libs the trap card is just yeah you know we're gonna basically um because what what the canadians said here is that banks will be 100 percent protected from being sued like being criminally or or um what's the other word held like liable in civil court for basically destroying someone's life like, let's say your name is, you know, Justin, and uh, your account gets frozen because there's a guy named Justin 5,000 miles, like, across the country or the globe or whatever, who donated to the truckers. Like, that guy is not you, but you share the same first name. The bank shuts down your account. Your business sort of goes into the red. You lose your company. Well, you know, the bank is completely protected. Because this was done in good faith, so you can't even sue the bank f to recover your damages. You're just completely fucked. Uh, they've declared, like, this is their goal. 
basically to have the same sort of um, accountability that Stalin had when he was killing millions of people in Russia during the purges. Like, you, it's just these handwritten notes of people who are to be executed today. You can just come in and add a name to the list and people go, oh yeah, whatever, like, what's one more name? Uh, who is this guy? Like, bro, there's a thousand people on this list for this day. You think we're gonna go through and look at what all of these people have done no it's like the name is on the list he's gonna get killed like what more do you want well again you know the beauty if i can put it that way uh of of just stalin here uh with his fucking list of people to be killed for no reason is that killed people don't fight back once they're killed like they can fight back before you kill them but afterwards like this is a problem that has solved itself the doing this but leaving people alive is just monumentally retarded like it's it's there's this german expression which is uh, klotzen nicht klecken and what that means uh, if we translate it to to english i think is uh, you you could translate it as uh, translate it as if you're going to strike, strike with a closed fist, not an open hand. We can, if, you, if you strike someone right in the noggin with a closed fist and you strike hard enough, you can maybe knock the guy out and, you know, then he's knocked out. He's not going to bother you. If you slap someone with an open hand across the cheek, it doesn't really matter how hard you try to slap him. He's just going to get really mad at you. And then you probably have, you know, a fist fight on your hands. So like e either either hit him with an with a closed fist or don't hit him at all. Uh, in the great uh, Charlie Murphy uh, stories about um, who was those stories about uh, the big Rick James. Rick James, yeah, he's uh, a lot of those stories start out with um, Rick James slapping someone, and Charlie Murphy's like, "You don't slap a man, like, because." <laughs> <laughs> that the uh, all it does is piss him off. And the, the, he had a great line, and he said, "Like even back when that was cool, uh, it, like you know, in the 17th century, you'd have a gunfight afterwards. Somebody yeah. had to die." <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So th this is uh, th one thing. I was, so uh, one of the people, one of the uh, the big the big uh, uh, concerns people would have here is the, the Illuminati angle, right? So they say, "Well, no, 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 this is all bullshit because this is all part of a Illuminati plot." I would say this. Imagine you're in the Illuminati, whatever that means to you, whether that's uh, capitalism, whether that's uh, the white supremacy headquarters or whatever. Imagine, okay, so, you know, you're the World Economic Forum. You've sponsored this guy, Justin, to run this country. Well, Justin doesn't seem to be able to run this country anymore. People don't do what he says. That's a big fucking problem, like, uh, no matter who you are. Uh, is, is it not? Yeah, I mean, like, normally, if you try to impose martial law, and you have cops and police people saying, <laughs> yeah, you know, we're staying out of this martial law business, like, this is not our problem at all. 
that's the end of a regime. Like, this is where you go to your helicopter and hope to God the pilot is not gonna, you know, rat you out so you get executed live on Romanian TV. Uh, it's not gonna happen in this case because, like, it, there's something really weird about this martial law stuff. Like, the truckers, they're not the revolutionaries here. In a way, it's Justin Trudeau that's revolutionary. Because, like, what the libs are trying to do... You, you, you've seen that scene from, from one of the Indiana Jones movies, right? Where he, he's trying to take this golden idol from this trapped <laughs> pedestal. And he has this sack of, of sand or whatever that he's trying to switch it with. Um, the libs increasingly feel like, okay, so they're in this, this ancient temple called, you know, Western democracy. And they're trying to, to switch the golden idol of democracy for, you know, managerial autocracy. And, you know, the moment they start to sort of fiddle with, you know, removing this idol, like they can hear a really threatening rumbling from like the rock trap or whatever. So they sort of back away. But then they start putting their hands on the idol again and like this time this time we're really gonna you know sort of do this swap switcheroo thing where nobody really um nobody really goes oh yeah you know i live under tyranny now and you know i would have been really mad about it if someone tried to um implement it against my will but now that it's already happened i guess i'll just accept it and then every time they try to do the switch like the cops and the firemen and the pilots and the truckers and all of these fucking shots that don't work email jobs they just go oh no i don't think so comrade so again like it's a really weird situation where, like, the revolutionary in power, in a way, like, th this is more like a weird sort of half-abortive putsch. Like, you saw a lot of this stuff in France, you know, as a result of the various revolutions. Like, you know, Napoleon just saying, posting soldiers in the street and so on, saying... Uh, don't worry, citizens, we have successfully protected you from the evils of these people who would want to abolish democracy. That's why I am now consul for life. Um, well, forget France. I mean, we've already seen people, and uh, I don't know what the answer is, people saying, what happens, I saw libs, because libs are freaking out, right? Because libs are in that thing I talked about with the last episode, where uh, that moment where the first time the cops say, yeah, we're not going to do that. Uh, immediately the libs were like, what if they do this in, um, in Texas? What if they do this in Nevada? Like this, this strategy doesn't seem to have a clear answer. Yeah. I mean, how do you mean a clear answer? I mean, it's, it's not a strategy that's like, I mean, this, 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 this dynamic, the way this works out, like, uh, let's say a martial law was declared. I mean, let's say that the uh, Joe, if Joe Biden declares that the cops do something. It's likely they're not to, to, to stop something like this. It's likely that cops in, say, uh, uh, Texas won't do it. Cops in New York will do yeah. it. And then vice versa, if the Republicans running it. Like, this is just sort of a, this isn't just a Canada thing. This is just sort of the way yeah. uh, Western democracies are going. Yeah, and, and again, like, 
Um, using the powers of, of the banks, people are saying, and, and this, is, this is one of the things that like, really want me, make me want to you know, blow my own goddamn brains out every time I read this crap because, because it's, like, it, it's literally dr- making me feel like I've sort of had a schizophrenic break or something where I see like, the only people going... Bro, man, Justin Trudeau, he's got this totally sh- this shit totally on lock. Like, he's fucking one, man. Justin Trudeau, you got this. You have this thousand-year tyranny. Like, it's already done. Like, man, the banks. Like, they won, bro. The only people doing that are, like, not even the most fanatical shit-lib out there is going to go, Yeah, congrats, Justin. You won. Like, war over. Like, no, they will say either, okay, this was necessary, but oh my God, I don't like the implications <laughs> of this. Or they will go, oh shit, oh shit, we're fucked. The only people who say, oh, congrats, man, Justin Trudeau, my mortal enemy. You just totally won this in a really impressive way are uh, dissidents on the right. <laughs> yeah, because... What 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 the the position that like we're in with with the banks? Okay, I mean, and I mean by that I mean if you li- if you're listening to this podcast, you probably live in a country where like your relationship to the banks is identical to Canadian yeah. uh, pe- citizens' uh, relationship to the banks. It's a hostage situation. But the problem here's the problem: if you're a hostage taker, you have you have a lot of leverage over people. But like that's it's a very limited kind of leverage because like once you start. Uh, Cutting people's ears off like uh, reservoir dogs, you, you you've exp- you've exposed the nature of the relationship, and like once you've killed the hostage, you don't have any leverage anymore. How many? Like, the, I mean, there's no way they wanted this to happen. They 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 definitely did not want yeah. anyone to think about this. How many yeah, divisions I mean, does J.P. Morgan have? Yeah, <laughs> but, but also like this the summary aspect of this that we have to keep returning to because again, like if you had a formal process. I mean, sure, you could have a fairly, you could possibly, even though I kind of doubt it, like in a sufficiently polarized society, you can't really count on sort of draconian punishments really having that much of a, like, effect to get people to go home. Like, they can just embolden people. Uh, but, but like, if if the process is summary and really chaotic, which... You know, you had this GoFundMe or like the, the Go Send Go or whatever, like that, that American site that took over after GoFundMe. They got hacked and all of the donors were leaked, all of the names. And, you know, you have blue checks on Twitter going, oh, man, look, now we have all the goods. Like they're not like Caesar uh, burning all the letters. <laughs> now, no, they're going to go through all of the letters and just sort of, they're licking their chops to see who they can really prosecute for this. Oh, yeah, oh, they yeah. they had some high-level libs and stuff. People, uh, they had all kinds of names that you wouldn't yeah. imagine. Yeah, so so this is kind of like, like a feeding frenzy. Like, people are just jumping at the chance to, like, tear people up or, you know, get them fired. And and so like and these, these people are retarded. This yeah. is the dumbest thing. Like what like what would I do? Like if they debanked me and like published all this shit in me, I would become Castro basically. Well, what else yeah. would I fucking do? 
Yeah. Did you guys see? Did you guys see what the hackers posted on their website? It was oh, yeah. uh, it was this it was this typical like you know, progressive meme wall text, and in the background is the Disney cartoon Frozen. Yeah, but you, these people no. you're, you're you're creating Al Qaeda. These people are going to have nothing else to do but hang out at their radical church and and go to war with this the state. Like you're 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 retarded. Like I, if you did this to me, I wouldn't keep going to work and shit. Yeah, and so, again, if this was a controlled process, if you didn't have, like, basically a bunch of snotlings and night goblins just like, messing everything up um, in their, in their uh, um, just, like, chaotic stupidity, yeah, maybe people would, would sort of do what people did in the late Soviet Union, say, like, you know, being a dissident kind of sucks, whatever. Like, I'm not going to be a dissident, so... Uh, because I don't want to get debanked, so I'm not going to do these things that make me get debanked. But when you have a summary process where banks are already shielded from actions they have taken in good faith, and what that means in practical terms is that if someone comes in and says... This guy, Marek, is a terrorist. You should uh, just take all of his stuff. And you take all of his stuff and you say, well, I, I was told he was a terrorist. Like, I didn't check it up because, you know, who has time for that sort of thing? Uh, I just believed what I was told. Well, then you're shielded from liability and people can just uh, sort of denounce you for any fucking reason. So there's actually no... There's no real way to make this a, a thing that's sort of discouraging to people. Because, again, there's very little people can do to, um, like, there's no way you can act in which you're protected. This was one of the huge pro problems in Afghanistan, by the way, like with how the U.S. ran Guantanamo Bay. Like, this was also a summary process. Like, some goat farmer in Afghanistan who hates this guy for, you know, in some old clan conflict or whatever says, Oh, yeah, like, this guy that I've been in a feud with for 50 years, he's totally Al-Qaeda. You should just take him to a black site and torture him. And, like, the stupid Americans, they just go, Oh, well, there's no way any, like... Af Afghan pe person would ever lie to me. So we're just gonna kidnap this guy and torture him because he's a terrorist leader. And then he's just some random guy. Yeah, Vichy France, my neighbor's a Jew. Uh, the, yeah. the guy. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> it's, it's so, so again, this, what, what this can do is that it can sort of strike randomly. All GF havers are Jew you know, calling up the SS and saying all GF havers are Jews. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, so, so you, people can just like denounce you for for any reason. The banks have no ability to have some sort of you know. Here's th the Bank of Canada has set up an internal court system with like judges and defense lawyers and so so that things are done in a safe and secure and predictable way. No, it's just you tell some like middleman, yeah, you should totally fuck this guy, and he says, okay, well, sure, whatever, I'll just press this button. And there's no way for you to reclaim your like damages if if this is abused, which is which it's one hundred percent likely to be. And again, the people that really get screwed by this 
Well, I mean, they're like the crackheads in our motivational story. Like they have no, uh, they have no physical capacity to stop smoking crack or stop buying groceries or stop, you know, caring about their kids or stop trying to not die. So they're going to do that no matter how hard you screw them. The only thing that you're going to do is you're going to create enemies and you're not even going to have the good sense to, you know, like un if you don't want to kill people, you should at least put them in sort of concentration camps or like internment camps or labor camps or whatever for, you know, 10 years or however long it takes you to win whatever factional struggle you're engaged with. That's that's a quote unquote humanitarian version of doing this sort of really uh, summary persecution persecution of people. But like there's, there's too many of them. It, yeah, it seems like the 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 biggest base of these of this resistance in uh, in Canada is evangelical Christians, and yeah. as the government has liberalized at a, like a much faster pace than they have, they've kind of been like uh, uh, ghettoized or or, or uh, they've been they've turned basically into like half into Amish people almost. Uh, they're they're treated as weirdos or whatever, but that strengthens their internal culture, and they're yeah. like they're they're like. They're they're not like five percent. They're like uh twenty to twenty like a, a quarter of the people in Canada. Like you don't see that in their government, but like uh the those people are like way less liberal than their government is. Yeah, and and so this this stuff is definitely coming to America. It's only a matter of time because again, the reason that Justin Trudeau played this card is not because, wow, this card is so amazing. It's the smartest card ever. Like any ancient Greek tyrant would go, holy crap, crap. I wish I could ty tyrannize people just enough that they really hate my guts and want to kill me, but not enough that they have a degraded capacity to actually do so. I want them to get just so inconvenienced that they can still fight at max capacity, but just so angry that they finally have a reason to fight. Like, no, no tyrant would go, yeah, this sounds like a great idea. But Justin Trudeau is playing this card because it's the only card he has. He can't rely on the cops. He can't rely on firemen or, you know, the people who, who could sort of make the economy freeze by withholding their labor. He can rely on the media, but the media people are useless. He can rely on sort of, I don't know, gender studies majors, but they don't do anything that's useful. Yeah, and to, to not take it for granted, I don't know, I don't know if people haven't been listening to us very long, but like uh, one thing that we're sort of auto implied here is that like the thing that's, that, that keeps people from being like, uh, like uh, crazy ty tyrannical is not that like, Oh, like uh, he's just not like uh, that, like a uh, 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 bad of a guy, like it, it, that he would do that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, uh, it, it's not like oh, well, you know, if, if uh, you know if a demon possessed him or something, then then he would go the extra way. Well, it's like no, those uh, those buttons aren't available for him. Just assume, uh, you know, everyone's being as bad as, as as they can be. But that that's not really the thing that stops them from being, yeah. uh, you know, putting everybody in gulag. Yeah, like the thing about the thing about sort of um, the instrument of terror here as as something like just arbitrary terror against your own population is like if it's if it's not important enough that you're willing to kill people, like it's it, you shouldn't do it. This is not a moral point I'm making, and that killing is wrong. It's just that, like, unless you're willing to kill people. 
uh, it's completely counterproductive. Yeah, it's a huge, huge price. And you see the, these these people, these dictators in, in history that have done that. Well, they st- they didn't start in a country with a Gini coefficient that Canada has. Yeah, you know, they start in a in a pretty bloody place where where it, it was a different circumstance. If you, uh, yeah. Yeah, so so again, like this is this is kind of like drinking methanol or whatever. Like if you want to kill yourself, fine, go ahead. But if you say, "Well, I just want to get a bit drunk." No, you shouldn't drink methanol methanol at all because you'll go blind. Like either go big or you know, go home, don't drink it. Like just just say no. But there's no point that could conceivably conceivably ever be made for sort of moderate methanol drinking. Because like there's you, you don't get anything from it other than sort of pain and like massive neurological damage. Um so like just don't do it. And but but again it's it's going to be done because like the libs they just it really is fascinating just how sort of hysterical they seem to be i think the fact that they lost control over the cops really pushed them over the edge here but that shit is gonna keep happening i mean it already happened in america before it happened in canada like the um you know the uh, the navy seals have had a lot of problems with this uh, covid these covid mandates the army in general has had problems with it. You had the strikes, like cops aren't like in in New York, for example. Like you, you have something very similar to um, to what happened in Canada with the trucking protests already. Like you know, the cops will just refuse to mask up. So, so there's videos of them in, you know, the subway or whatever, and some Karen goes, like, don't you realize there's a mask mandate in, in all of New York? Like, you're breaking the law to some cop. And the cop just, you know, shrugs his shoulders and just laughs and walks away. Well, the mandates were already on their way out slowly, but like the, the what happened in Canada massively accelerated. You had all these blue cities and some blue states in America uh, who just... Oh, random! I guess guess what? We decided we're going to stop this now because they don't want to see the same thing happen there. And like it, it, this, you know, you can let you can, if if we look back on the uh, if the trucker block the blockade you know is over this time next week. And I mean, it, it kind of seems like it will be, but you can, you can't never say never the way things have been going in twenty twenty two. Like you can look back on this. Uh, it cost the it cost the. You, the U.S. and Canada, million, hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, it, it got Canadian provinces to drop the mask mandates. It probably got American states and certainly American cities to drop the, the mandates. And I, the, there's even a flurry of European countries that have uh, have uh, seen the light and are now getting rid of them. I think that this was kind of uh, this is a. It, I don't think I know it was a wake up call that. Uh, Perhaps the people, who are, some of our actual Doomer friends, who said that like, you know there was going to be the thousand-year you know, Biden Reich, and it was all it was it's it, hashtag it's over mm. might have been a little premature. I'm still there. You think so? <clears throat> uh, so 
my my deal with that is that I see uh, COVID stuff as being too. Uh, the way I do this stuff is I think like, what if I was them, right? So uh, if I was them, um, if I was like some major Democrat donor and stuff, I would say you we need something uh, at least in November. Still the next election in November, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not taking the victory lap here because the, uh, if nothing else, they stole trillions of dollars and uh, stole years of people's lives. So, like, you know, well, it, it, it doesn't like it doesn't to me. The results of this doesn't really matter. This is this is like an early battle along a long war. This is this is a huge, huge. This this is the. I mean, if you're if you're a populist person, to me, this is the most important event and. In the sort of populist journey since uh, MAGA victory, yeah, I mean this is this is monstrous because and it's it's not I don't it, it's all these things like the cops didn't do this uh, I, I mean there's this is massive in my opinion. Yeah, I mean it 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 really tipped the hand of like where things are gonna go. Um, I think yeah. in a lot of a lot of Western countries where sort of the libs will be forced to sort of just do away with even the pretense of respecting liberal democracy. Like they have to they have to abolish democracy to save it. You have all of these articles now saying that, you know, the right wing has managed to like they're subverting the word freedom by making it, you know, racist by saying that like freedom is important. But true friends of democracy know that, like, you shouldn't have too much freedom. You shouldn't have it at all, really, because it's just, it's just bad. Um, but like, all of these, all of these, these attempts, they kind of resemble the 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 drive to get people to eat bugs. Like, there's so many articles about, like, this person discovered the joys of cooking cockroaches or whatever. Like, man. Look at the these this amazing success story, tasty cockroaches, and and like nobody even gets mad. They just go, no, I'm not gonna eat the bugs. Like, it doesn't well, matter how many times you try to tell me to eat the bugs, it's not gonna happen. By, by the way, we should do a. I mean, someone we need a heat check on this Klaus Schwab and and his group because, uh, like, we were there's a like. You know, maybe a year ago, I could have seen this guy as being like the Illuminati. Now it's like this guy is like I'm thinking like this dude's like Kendi X for billionaires. Like this guy is just like wasting their money. Uh, <laughs> like all the shit that that he's telling these states to do. Like I, is it? I don't know if it's gonna work at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, uh, that that guy doesn't seem to be doing well. I think we should. Have some Caesar before we get out of here. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. You guys have anything else you want to talk about with this? Nah, I think we're done. Like this was a sort of shorter thing because, like this, this entire, like this is a real historical event. So yeah. it was nice to just comment on it as as history was being made here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, and we, yeah, we. People, I mean, you could, uh, a lot of people said this, but uh, Angela could read the phone book and it would be entertaining. So, yeah, it would, <laughs> all right. Uh, we have to do real work out here. So, um, here we go. <clears throat> 
Now the government fell back on the famous formula known as the final decree of the Senate, a decree which had previously never been passed except on occasions when criminal elements had gotten completely out of hand, when Rome was, as one might say, on fire, and no one knew where to turn for safety. The terms of the decree are these. The consuls, the praetors, the tribunes, and all those and all who have held the office of consul and are near the city are to take the appropriate measures for the security of the state. That is, uh, that's martial law. That means we're going to, nothing, there's no rules. No rules anymore. Uh, so let me see, let me skip down here a little bit. <clears throat> this, I just love that. I'm going to skip all this to the end. This is my favorite part. I, I, I found the book as we were going. I could have, that part I couldn't have recited off the top of my head perfectly, but I could have recited this part off the top of my head. This is, uh, um, I love this part. Here we go. <clears throat> Praetors were sent out to other, the other provinces, nor did they wait, as had been the practice in previous years, for a bill to be brought before the people, confirming them in their commands. Instead, they threw on their scarlet cloaks of office, carried out the usual religious ceremonies, and left the city. And a thing which had never happened be- had ne- never happened before in history, both consuls left Rome. Contrary to all tradition and precedent, people with no official rank were to be seen in Rome and in the capital itself, attended by lictors. All over Italy, men were My God. Yeah, I know. All over Italy, men were being called up and arms were being requisitioned. Municipalities were forced to hand over sums of money. Temple treasures were seized and taken away. The rights of men and the laws of God were disregarded. It was a state of chaos. <laughs> Based. <laughs> the rights of men and the laws of God were disregarded. All right. God, he's got so, so many great lines. The, the, the Senate refuses to compromise. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. yeah. Laters. Remember, nothing will ever happen. <laughs> Oh, the love of the life. Woo!